Hello. Uh, I want to ask you a question about um, mistakes and errors today. Um, so I'm going to ask you, do you, as a teacher, do you ever find yourself correcting your students when they say things, uh, make the sort of mistakes that you make yourself, either as a, a second language speaker or even as a native speaker? Things like, um, you know, uh, there's, some, there's some more chairs in the other room or um, 10 items or less. Or do you find yourself correcting your students when they say things like, I don't know, superior than, or it depends from? Uh, the sort of mistakes that don't really matter. Um, and yeah, and are they even mistakes? Well, today we're going to look at that sort of thing. We're going to look at uh, errors. Uh, we're going to look at innovations and we're going to look at what are called Angloversals. Okay, so to get started, let's think about um, Indian English or Singapore English or Malaysian English or Nigerian English. Uh, English in um, ex-colonial countries, countries that uh, were part of the British Empire and as a result have English as their official language. Um, these are what Kachru terms uh, outer circle English is. Um, now, about 40 or 50 years ago, these sorts of English were kind of, lots of features from these Englishes were considered like wrong. Um, and they were considered errors. Um, and people who, who speak English very easily with each other in, in India or in Nigeria were, were considered to be speaking wrong English or incorrect English. Cyclists. Off they go. Were considered to be speaking wrong English or incorrect English. Now, um, a lot has changed in the last 40 or 50 years and now it's generally recognized and, and accepted that uh, these, are these are different types of English, they're varieties of English with their own uh, sort of features and uh, that's great and more or less everyone, more or less everyone kind of agrees on this. But what about English learners in what Kutru calls the expanding circles, people who uh, you probably have in your in your lessons, people from China, people from Russia, people from Argentina, um, people from France. What about their, the features that they keep coming out with? Are they mistakes or are they innovations? We're going to look at this and um, fortunately uh, the paper we're looking at today, uh, From Learners to Users, Errors, Innovations and Universals uh, by Elena Ranta. Um, yeah, Ranta looks at, asks this question. She asks, are the sorts of mistakes your learners are making really mistakes or are they innovations or are they even something else that's called an angloversal so yeah like to get started on this what's an innovation well an innovation like in indian english for example an innovation is a feature that is not standard like not used in what we call standard english but is um used by a lot of like widespread it's generally agreed like lots of people use it and also that there's some sort of cognitive reason there's a a, a, a reason why people are, are using this feature and not the standard english uh, that basically it makes sense to them and it, it makes sense to use these features we'll look at some examples later um, and an innovation is basically that it's widespread and there's a cognitive reason for it now if we look at um, English as a foreign language or expanding circle English speakers, like our learners, our students, people from Russia, people from Argentina, um, they also make lots of uh, what we may call errors, but they're interesting because these 
errors are the sorts of things that are used all the time um, by it doesn't matter where your students are from so we can't say that these are errors that are, are coming down from their first language because someone from China and someone from Argentina are making the same error and um, there's been some studies on this and uh, Ranta cites uh, a study this is just one example of many apparently but um, uh, Schneider and Gilquin uh, 2018 they compared um, different uh, corpuses of uh, people who have English as a second language, that's those outer circle countries, and people from the expanding circle. And uh, yeah, let's look at some really interesting examples here. We've got things like um, discuss about something instead of discuss something, superior than instead of superior to, conscious about instead of conscious of, aspire for instead of aspire to, study about something instead of study something, depend from something instead of depend on something. Okay, so these, these are all features that are very common, not only among outer circle countries, but also expanding circle countries. So people from India who we've long ago recognized have their own variety of English, which is perfectly acceptable, are doing the same thing as people from Russia and Argentina and China. And all these guys are doing the same thing as the people from India. So these features are not just some sort of mistake. These are definitely innovations um, because they're, they're quite universal. They're used by, by everyone. And if we can accept Indian English as a variety or Nigerian English or Jamaican English as a variety of English, because the and accept these features as not mistakes but innovations when people from the outer circle countries use them why can't we accept them as innovations when people from the expanding circle use them people from russia or china or argentina that's the question that ranta asks it's good a very good question right it's quite interesting so um yeah i guess the question is are they widespread Yes, they're widespread because people from all these countries use them regardless of their first language. And is there a cognitive explanation for them? And yes, um, apparently there is. Um, there's been more research into that. And um, I won't go into the details, um, but we've got things like uh, they, they can draw analogies. You've got something like superior than instead of superior to. This makes more sense because when you think about things like better than or bigger than, and then it's logical to say superior then, right? It's, it's simply that it makes more sense. Um, or we've got things that have a sort of uh, what they call iconicity, which is um, when uh, it just, again, it just sort of, I, I can't explain it another way. It just makes more sense. Depend from makes more sense than depend on, if you think about it, right? Because you're drawing an, some information or a condition from something right? It depends on the weather. You're taking a condition from the weather. Um, so essentially, there's technical terms here, but these errors happen because they make sense. They just make more sense. So people make them. It's a kind of human nature way of dealing with language and, and remembering how to, how to speak and, and deciding how to speak English. Uh, so yeah, the question is, if people from the expanding circle use it and people from the outer circle use it what's the difference the same phenomenon is happening so we should accept that right that is the question ranta is asking um, but she goes one step further and she talks about 
Ang Angloversals. Angloversals is a cool term, isn't it? So Angloversals are basically um, what are not standard English, what many may consider actually consider mistakes, but are pretty, pretty well used uh, among native speakers. So this is Kachru's inner circle, people like me from England or, or, or Chad from America or I don't know, Bruce from uh, Australia. Um, uh, such stereotypical names for these places. Excuse my uh, lack of innovation. But yeah, we, say, we, we all say stuff like there is some more chairs next door. We don't say there are more chairs. Well, we sometimes do, but we often say there's some more chairs next door or there's a lot of people here. Technically not correct, but native speakers use, say this stuff all the time. What's going on here? Uh, another example is the classic supermarket example, 10 items or less. You know, grammatically speaking, technically speaking, standard English speaking, this is not correct. It should be 10 items or fewer. Nobody says 10 items or fewer. Um, and supermarkets, you know, they, they know grammar. They have research behind all of this stuff. They have lots of people deciding what to put on their signs. And they know they don't want to be the kind of people who say 10 items or fewer because nobody says that. It's much more common to say 10 items or less. So, yeah, these sorts of... Um, what some would consider mistakes, but there's something more interesting going on here, right? It's like uh, easier, it feels more natural. Um, something's going on that means that native speakers and English learners are also doing the same thing. With um, there's some more chairs or there's, there's, there's a lot of people, with this there is instead of there are, this is actually uh, used more by native speakers than uh, English learners. So. Yeah, this is called uh, an Angloversal. And if native speakers are doing this all the time, why would we correct our students to say there are some more people when the teacher herself says there is more people? It seems a bit absurd, doesn't it? Um, so obviously, you know, there are some things that are just mistakes, you know? We don't, we don't want to just say like any sort of um, deviation from uh, standard English is fine because the student says it and therefore it's an innovation or an Angloversal. No, what we're looking at here is do speakers of accepted varieties of English, like Indian English, like Jamaican English, like Nigerian English, or like British English, inner circle Englishes, uh, American English, Australian, whatever, whatever you want to call them, Manchester English, Texan English. If those people have what we call acceptable varieties of English and they're using these features and our learners are doing the same thing for cognitive reasons and it's widespread, then we should really think about whether we want to consider these mistakes. So yeah, this is the, the basic uh, conclusion that um, Ranter draws in this paper. It's all very interesting. But let's, uh, let's skip to the next part here and talk about what does this mean? What does this mean for English teachers like you and me? How does this apply to the classroom? Very nice having all these like armchair theories. Well, so yeah, fortunately Ranta has uh, a few sort of practical pieces of advice, potential solutions um, to this uh, situation. Um, so first of all, it's quite meta. The first piece of advice is quite meta. And basically we need to think about whether our students are learners of English or users of English. Um, and making a distinction. So when we're in the classroom and we're in the classroom situation, of course, it's 
these they're learners right we can think of them as learners that's fine and they can think of themselves as learners but when they're out there in the real world using english with uh, colleagues or socializing in english or in meetings or whatever it is our students need their english for then they are users of english learners if they're always learners they're doomed to be making mistakes forever but as soon as they're users of english they're not necessarily mistakes anymore. They can be innovations and they can be angloversals, depending on, you know, who else is using these features. And of course, this means we can think twice about whether we want to correct our students. Um, this also very much depends on what our students need and what they want, what type of exams they may be taking, what kind of context they're going to be speaking English in, why do they need English. But we may reconsider some of the things that we're correcting our students on because they may not really be mistakes. They could be innovations. They could be Angloversals even. We can also think about what we can use in the classroom and the sort of framework of varieties of English in the classroom. Um, Ranta like distinguishes between uh, exposure, model and target language. So exposure language would be uh, what the students are, are listening to and reading. What, and we can have different varieties of English in this case, right? We can have English from like Jamaica or India or England or Australia or uh, varieties of English from international speakers as well. We can have all sorts of different varieties uh, in our listening and in our, in our reading exercises. Um, but the model, she suggests, is basically standard. I mean, we don't teach um, like Jamaican English. We don't teach like sort of English as a lingua franca or anything like that. Um, but uh, because there is actually no real standardized versions of these and we, we, we use the standard as the model. So we continue doing what we're already doing in that respect. Um, but also we should consider target uh, language as well, target English. So when our students are actually like producing language, writing and speaking language, then we should think about um, whether this is uh, acceptable or not based on all the information we've looked at today. Is it, is it an error? Is it an innovation? Is it an angloversal? Obviously, this affects error correction as well. Uh, finally, also, if uh, we're in the position where we're influencing like tests and exams, this is really useful information, right? Because you're not going to test someone on whether they're using there is or there are and mark them wrong if they say there is there are some more chairs in the other room when you do it yourself that is not fair right and that doesn't seem very productive either so we could take this information look at um, innovations look at angloversals and um, decide whether we want to test people on things like 10 items or, or less or 10 items or fewer or whatever things like that um, so yeah lots of food for thought there really um, yeah, I guess, you know, we can just ask ourselves we, whether we can actually just be a bit more lenient um, on our students, essentially, and prioritise what we want to correct and what we want to tell our students is, is, is acceptable and not acceptable. Obviously, so much depends on the teaching context, students' needs, students' goals. But yeah, these, uh, these ideas should, uh, should not be ignored. I think they're pretty good. They should be considered. All right, yeah, thanks a lot. That took ages to film. There were so many, uh, so many interruptions. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was nice to share these ideas with you. Um, I'll see you next time.